0: No, don't put that there. Do not put that where you think you were going to put it right now. No, no, no. <laughs> Too
1: late.
2: Sounds like every date I've ever been on.
1: Ah! <laughs> hey, who? Kermit the? No, I'm just kidding. Kermit, Kermit gave the me platform, up, Right? Okay.
0: Yes, we have done that. We are back. Gentlemen, it is wonderful to see you here on The Bro, the Biconics Review of Honor, where we sit here and we review Ring of Honor for this week, which was on, of course, the 1st of February... 2024 we are excited to be back with you uh, in BC WrestlePod land thank you again for subscribing to the channel clicking that alert bell to get all of our notifications when things come out dropping those comments down there about things you love things you hate how we all booked that amazing women's continental classic on our last podcast want to definitely hear about that and anything else you'd like to do with that and following all of us on the socials as well I am JVL. we have Jesse we've got Mikey we've got Andrew we have the full crew back in the house for honestly a ring of honor that had a better crowd reaction than all of aew over the last two weeks it is crazy to think that they can draw better and have better in a smaller amount of crowd than anything of their big brother and sister can. uh gentlemen did you enjoy the show this week at all just before we get to any of the review or anything else
2: i enjoyed the show and i'm i'm very glad you are back this week because i did not do as well hosting as you just did in that 35 seconds where you didn't take a breath
0: just gotta stop Put yourself down because then I'm gonna take the mic away from you. You gotta stop doing. It. Mikey, Andrew, was it a good show for you this week? Did you enjoy it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Uh it definitely coming out of last week. Last week was very long and drawn out. This week was a lot more fun and entertaining. I think hopefully it seems like they're picking back up the momentum, so let's keep going that direction.
0: This
1: is a fun show.
0: I, I will also preface this beforehand. Uh, some of us do watch the AEW product as well as this, and we have noticed that we have to turn our brains off slightly as we watch <laughs> ROH now because all the ROH talent that's being brought up to be used in AEW segments are well I mean I had written down here uh, they lose, uh, they're considered not as good, they get beaten up by people coming in or they're playing the opposite of what they're playing in ROH like Red Velvet tonight where Red Velvet was the baby face when she's a heel in AEW so yeah. it's very confusing when you're the same brand and yet your product in ROH is superior to what you're basically shooting them up to just call it
1: what it is, they're using the ROH talent as cannon fodder and yet, they're making them look good. But you know what else looks
0: good, gentlemen? Dalton Castle's <laughs> debut jumpsuit. Even in the state it's in, where he has been living in it for over two months, he started this promo off with Lexi. Lexi checking in on him again, and he's sneaking up to try to get the TVs in the commissary room, only to be have a trap sprung on him that Jerry Lynn is randomly standing there. This... <laughs> was a great way to open the show but also i also felt the acting was a bit wooden from jerry lynn i was like come on dude yeah you got your lines say your lines
2: <laughs> I-, I love this this was a great way to start the show for me i will agree jerry lynn felt was like an odd choice there it was like why are you hiding behind the door but for me the person who stole this promo is some of the taya valkyrie throwaway lines she's still in the spot like like tell him last week he threw cheese at me and it hit me right in the face and it was craft it wasn't even gruyere and she was genuinely upset over that and then her calling out and clean that suit it stinks as she's leaving that was the best part of the promo i mean we got some some meat in the promo there of the there's going to be a match next week with johnny tv and dalton's friend and this is like okay now i'm intrigued now i have to watch next week because i don't know who dalton's friend is and i want to find out And
3: his Uh, friend's
0: going to Slamtown, apparently.
3: I think, you know, to be fair to Jerry Lynn, yeah, it was a little awkward. But I feel like he's also really in an uphill battle with this because he's got Dalton Castle. He's got Lexi. He's got the TVs. And, I mean, those are some of the best on-the-mic performers that they have in Ring of Honor. So, you know, it's just it's not going to help him much. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. uh, And I have to say I'm very happy that we don't have Smell-O-Vision Because, yeah, Dalton Castle's wearing that funk really well.
1: Anytime Dalton Castle is on my Ring of Honor screen, I am always going to have a good time. This was fun. (laughs) And I got to echo what Jesse said, because Taya made me crack up so much during this, too. (laughs) She's just, I'm like, Taya, you're very good at just being quippy. (laughs) You just, like, sling these out. (laughs) I loved it so much. it was so good. On ADOW-TV, she's not allowed to talk. She's just there to get beat up. So, yep. it's very strange. Hey, we agree. That match was really good between her and Deanna on Dynamite. Don't do that to them. I no, agree with you like down that, that. Taya, shouldn't have, Taya shouldn't be losing on Dynamite. Yeah. But it was more than a squash match. That
2: was art to me. Hey, brains but... off. We're focusing on Ring of Honor.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's, let's not go we'll... down that rabbit hole. I have a whole lot of opinions about that. I've already shared in the text, so... uh <laughs> That will yeah.
0: be on Patreon later for anyone else that wants to get it from Andrew's <laughs> entire rant on video. Uh, but we moved on from this wonderful promo to get to our first match of the evening. Uh, Spanish announced Project is taking on Cameron and Alan Russell, the Russell Twins. And I was ple- pleasantly surprised by how the Russell Twins did in this and to see kind of a little more investment from Angelico and Serpentico in their match. It was really fun to kind of have that go on.
2: I, I was like you surprised at the quality of this match i thought oh again no entrance is going to be a squash match but this was definitely more of an enhancement match Mm -hmm. i really liked caprice and riccabani kind of pushing and building the prestige behind the tag teams as they're having more tag team matches and since the belts are back and actually being defended was very happy about that andrew looks like he's going to explode so i'm going to keep going with my point and then run away angelico's submission at the end was just absolutely a thing of beauty I like Serpentico's black mask. I know there's a whole lot of, of meaning behind that. I'm sure Mikey can fill us in on. And then I really like the point at the end where the mama's boys came out. <laughs> Cole was still wearing the mask because to me, hey, look, we're continuing a story. I was very, very happy about that.
3: Yeah. I I did catch Caprice talking about that, and it frustrated me a little bit. Shield because we talk about the legitimacy of tag teams that we have here and all this stuff and why are we getting yet again another thrown together tag team and we can talk about it later they tried to bring some history to it but we have a yet another tag team thrown together getting a proving ground match against the tag team champions i'm happy they're there but i'd like to see them against an actual tag team this is two weeks in a row that were at least you know two matches in a row for undisputed kingdom we've seen them improving ground against people who are not tag teams It, it just didn't start me off well but the tag team action was really good i agree i thought this was a great chance for the russells to really show what they could do uh and there were spots where i noticed that sap were actually kind of uh helping guide them like they were directing a little bit but they were working it wasn't like a you know, a degrading thing or anything like that. Like, they were working really well together, so I thought it was a great show for that. Um, it was a good match for everyone involved. Uh, I did think Mikey was probably going to be upset about the Mama's boy showing up with uh, Cole Carter wearing that mask. But, story-wise, I, I appreciate what they're doing with that. But, yeah, don't tell me that we're going to appreciate the legitimacy of tag team and legit tag teams and then have put-together tag teams... Fighting for tag titles shots and beating established tag teams and we'll talk about that later, but justice for the outright outrunners too.
0: <laughs> I also have, I have one other question for you, Andrew, because you are the expert on this one. So I saw two Serpentico's at the end of this, obviously. Does this now mean that Cole Carter is also Serpentico and like people are multiple people are playing the role?
3: Serpentico dos. Dos, okay. Yeah.
0: That, that makes me feel better then. So now I can see, like, you know, there isn't a lot of confusion. It's just, you know, evil Serpentico and,
3: and good Serpentico. Serpentico. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Oy vey. Okay, first the match, and then I'll get into, the, you know, what happened afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed this match. I think I've been a big fan of, you know, Spanish Announced Project since we've gotten them in Ring of Honor but they have become one of my favorite staples in Ring of Honor. They're up there with the Outrunners for me just because (laughs) I'm like, don't be fooled. They might be laid, SAP might be laid back. The Outrunners are hokey and their gimmick is kind of corny in the best way possible. But They are actually really good tag teams. And this was a fun enhancement match as Jesse said. Now, when the Mama's Boys came out, (laughs) I will admit, there is a small part of me that still didn't appreciate Cole Carter, you know, wearing the mask. But I wasn't upset about this one only because the mask is still in one piece, which is while I still don't like it being pulled off and being worn around like a trophy. It makes sense in the context of the story because they're like basically Griff Garrison and Cole Carter are like frat boy heels kind of is <laughs> essentially what we're going for. And that's OK. But at least the mask is in one piece. I will never forgive Claudio because that mask was destroyed. He destroyed it and then wore it, which was... JBL had to be there for my rant when we covered that one episode. <laughs> but...
2: I, I will... Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm not going to cut you La-
1: That's okay. Last thing I'm going to say about this, I'm actually excited to see where the next chapter be- of this feud goes. And I'm excited. Hopefully, if they do the right thing, SAP gets a lick back and then we go into this one and one and then we have something. I would love... Funny enough, I would love to see these two teams at Supercard of Honor have a blow-off match in some capacity.
0: It'd be a good like, second or third match on the card. like Something like that to, like keep the, the energy going.
2: My, my only point to say there is that the beauty of him wearing that mask is he can't really talk, and we've learned that Cole Carter not talking helps him so much. The gyrations.
1: But, but, <laughs> yeah, but, me and Andrew have kind of talked about this when the few times you guys haven't been here, me and Andrew ran the show. <laughs> We're kind of, gro- Colt is kind of growing on us where we don't necessarily hate it as much as we used to. That's only because he's, you know, talking less.
2: <laughs> so using it sparingly is that okay. That not my point at all. That enhances my point.
0: <laughs> Speaking of enhancing a point, because we'll to move
2: on from what we've got here. Uh, we
0: move on to one of the MVPs of this year so far of Ring of Honor. in Emmy Camacho. Yes, Emmy Camacho. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I, so I'll I'll set this up as it is. We knew a squash was coming because Nyla Rose was coming out to take on Emmy Camacho. She's wearing Athena's vest, which I love as
1: well. Catch that. It was there. so good.
0: But what I actually enjoyed about this, this Made story sense. If I see Nyla take on Athena's students week after week, running them down, that's a squash I want to see because they're students. They should not be beating a professional wrestler who's been out for a couple of years. And the fact that it's Athena's students draws that storyline in even more without Athena being there. So having Emmy have a decent little bit of flurry, a little bit of offense, and then Nyla just completely destroying her worked well in my estimation.
3: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, you know, I like that they told us that she was uh, one of Athena's students. I'm, I'm kind of okay with Nyla going on kind of this, kind of this squatch run because uh, the, my first thought was, oh, she's basically like doing what Wardlow did is just going to blow through people. The difference is the character quality that she is getting in promos and even in the ring, in this Squatch, there was one moment where she did that dive, and she, like, looked to the hard cam for a moment. It was just, like, great little bits that she throws in that makes it entertaining and continues to tell the story that she's been telling. And that, I don't know if she's used that finisher before, that kind of torture rack into a cutter, but that was awesome. I'd love to see her use that more. It, it was... Quick and fast, but it told the story and it showed us more of Nyla, both physically and mentally. And it was—I I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I, I think she—I agree. I think she definitely needs to keep that—that that torture rack cutter. That thing was beautiful, and there's so many power bombs out there. It's something that's different and sets it apart slightly. Uh, the whole time I'm watching this match, I, I was enjoying it. I agree with all the points that were made, but I kept thinking, Nyla's playing with her food. That's all this match is. She's playing with her food,
0: which to me, makes a lot of sense because this is her foot. She owns everything Athena has. Of course she's going to play with it. Of course she's going to screw around with everybody else. She wants Billy to get out there. She's trying to entice Mm -hmm. Billy to come down and challenge her. Like it's a whole big thing.
1: (sighs) I love Nyla Rose. (laughs) (laughs) Look, what, what, what has it been like, you know, only about a month since Nyla Rose has come to ring of honor and she's had a. This is her best run, and that's saying something because she's a, a AEW original. She was there at the formation of this company, and this is her best run yet. See what happens when you let people actually have creative control and direction of their characters? Who knew, right? That's crazy! But in terms of this match, I love what I love what Jesse said, and the visual of this whole entire match is that Milo's just playing with her food. Like, this is just scraps to Nyla she wants to get her teeth into Billy but more importantly she wants to get her teeth into Athena and I cannot wait for when we eventually get it Nyla and Billy are going to go up against each other and it's going to be a fun match but I am looking forward to Nyla whatever capacity at the end of the match just lay Billy out which then forces Athena's hand to get back in here which makes me excited I cannot wait I'm here for a long con
0: it is coming. We all want a long con. You know what's a long con in this business, though? Is a manager who thinks he can wrestle. Because we moved on to our next match with the Iron Savages and Jack Jameson, who was cleanly shaven and looked yeah. even weirder. Like, I did I don't not,
1: what I did not like that. that. They broke the number You're one st- rule of having facial hair. You shaved it.
0: Right? <laughs> but taking on Braxton Hunter, KM, and not Serpentico, John Cruz. Man needs two paychecks, and I did ask. So, is he getting paid for both characters? Is this like a one paycheck kind of thing? Like, imagine how does if he was—that'd be kind of great.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what if he got paid at two different rates, though? Like, Serpentico got a higher pay rate than <laughs> he should. He
0: should. He should. A player versus an enhancement talent—it makes yeah. sense. Okay, but like, I'm kind of
1: becoming a John Cruz like on the bandwagon with yeah. this when I was just like. That match but against yes, we, Jack Cartwheel has made me like John Cruz even more. I was like, okay, this could be very fun. <laughs> and John Cruise was
0: also playing it up on on the ring apron before he entered, too. Like, I'm not Serpentico. No, that's not right. Yeah, yeah. And he's healing it up in a lot of ways to really offset Iron Savages, who looked like they were having a lot of fun yeah. until Jack Jameson got in and was trying to show off a little bit. He's getting better week by week because he's getting the reps in, but he's holding them back.
2: I don't want to counter that point 100%. Okay. I do believe he is holding them back. He's a good mouthpiece. He's not a good wrestler. But they are learning from that because they had him in at the beginning of the match, and that was it. He did a pump handle slam, which actually looked really good and safe for him. I was very impressed by that. And then he tagged out, and that was it for him in the match. So I think they're learning, hey, he's Isn't very green. He needs more more work in the ring before he can do these, these long-term or later tags. So they got his stuff out of the way in the beginning. So, yes, he is holding them back, but they're learning how to work with it.
0: They did give him a pump handle slam, though, which, if that was in WWE, that means they don't care about you and they don't think you're going to do anything at all because he gave him a long setup move, which is hysterical to me. Also, Caprice and Ian at the end going, it's really strange when the manager or the valet or the other thing starts to want to wrestle and you got to put him in there and they're just as jacked as you are. I'm like, okay, so you've called it out that he's also not technically a wrestler on the thing. I wrote in those notes when
1: they said that I was just like, Caprice, don't lie to me. (laughs) like don't lie there were two instances where i wrote in my notes caprice don't lie to me
3: <laughs> i i will agree i think they used him wisely in this match because they didn't use him much and they he's great to have on the apron because it it makes him a part of the match uh it allows him to feed i'm him. included it well and it allows him to play to the audience which is what he's really good at and like that toss at the end the what's it called the uh, sauce toss toss. the way the air that they got on uh, who was it they got in that hunter yep yeah he just got thrown like I mean up into the lights and across the ring so you know it is fun the way that they're being able to use him and then after the match Jameson had a moment with a fan and like so he's even though he's like not as skilled in the ring as the other iron savages he's still bringing something and they're using him minimally and you know i brought this up before i believe he like uh, his professional debut was like two years ago or something so he's Good he's bad. super new and the sport he came from he was like a bodybuilder fitness kind of in that area so it's a very different realm uh so he's kind of learning on the job but it doesn't help that he's with two really great performers who have been doing this and doing it together for a long time. So I, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good use. It's It was smart to use them sparingly. He is
1: the road dog of the Iron Savages. <laughs> I dig it. I mean, this ended up being what exactly I've wanted Iron Savages needed for the longest time. that They've been on a consistent losing streak and losing streak and losing streak. As much as I would complain, I was like, I want them in a longer match, but this served its purpose. They picked up a win. I'm hoping they continue this winning streak because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want more for our big B. They're going to take it until
0: they actually get up actual, against an actual team, and then we'll see how that goes. Yep. We moved on from that wonderful match to a promo that I was worried at the beginning wasn't going to keep my attention, and then I related wholeheartedly to it yeah. because being a father – And him, you know, Ethan Page talking about how his gear was inspired by his daughter's favorite colors and really bring it into that kind of truthful realm, whether it's truthful or not. It hit me in the dad buttons and I'm very, not the mommy daddy buttons, but the dad buttons. And I, I just, I, I want Ethan Page to succeed that much more. It was really endearing.
2: As a fellow girl dad, I can, I can relate to that. I like this promo solely for that fact. If I take that out of it, I don't know how well it lands, but at least landed for me. I didn't push my dad dad buttons.
3: I can push your dad buttons. Your dad let That's for the Patreon. Exactly. As uh, not a uh, dad, I also understood because, you know, just obviously being around dads, like, you know, obviously having my own dad and things like that. Like, I understand what that would mean to someone, especially when he's like made this promise and all that stuff. I thought it was funny because my first thought was I... I love his new gear. That like, gear is fire. Like it was really cool and then him telling that story and going like, "Okay, well now it's even better." Now I like now that's what I want to see him in and I'm buying into it. And but he delivered it in a way that like had some sentiment to it, but also that still played into the all egoness of it. So I, I thought it did what it was supposed to do, and now there's a little bit of extra connection to when we see him in that gear or those colors or any of that kind of stuff.
0: Very much so. Mikey, also, you're, you're not a father as well, but I feel like you enjoyed this as well. I could see in your eyes. He's a father. Yeah, that is true. He's the father of all of us. He's yeah. our daddy.
1: I might as well be, shoot, it's like growling children. The mind you. <laughs> you don't say that. I say it out of love, though. I wouldn't say anything I don't truly mean out of love. But as someone who was raised by a parent that was both mom and dad for most of their lives, I understand the power of promises because that is something that I hold dearly just in my own regards to. And that's something that you know I was taught growing up is that whatever you do is that if you're going to... It's not just about saying you're about something. Actions need to be backed up by it. So actions and words need to be kind of, they need to be on the same spectrum of the coin, so to speak. It's like you can talk the talk, but you also got to walk the walk. Now, do I think Ethan Page is going to win this championship? Perfect world. I would love to see that. I don't know, though, if we're ready to kind of take this out of Kyle Kyle Fletcher's hands, because I think he's just getting started with this run, and I want to see more from him. But do I think that when the inevitable collision happens between these two? Oh, it's going to be beautiful. Uh, it's not going to be on collision. It's not going to be. I say, on. was that
3: intended? No. Well, it's a class. It's going to go on a rampage. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be dynamite. It'll be dynamite.
2: Yeah. No, I'm
1: really excited for this match to be at Super Card of Honor because I feel that that's what we're building towards. Is we're getting the hope. If not sooner, I would love to see. If we don't get the match, I would love to see it at Super Card of Honor because I feel that both of them deserve to have a grand stage like that to be able to do this. The promo itself was adorable. As someone who works with nine children of my own here at the Biconics, but also as an educator in general, and I have multiple, multiple kids that I take care of, not just educational-wise, but also their social-emotional needs as well. This one hit home for me because I was like... I love a good wrestler who is also a family man. And I can't help but root for Ethan Page. I was like, man, you can't. Like, I cried when I saw Cody's kid at WrestleMania last year on the Titan Tron. Like, we went up to kiss Brandy and his child. I was like, you can't do this to me. I don't have kids. But I'm excited for this clash. I think Ethan Page is great. And I want him to keep this purple and pink color scheme because it actually is different. And I like it. A plus on the outfit. It is a
0: perfect way to kind of get himself into that kind of almost like heart style black, Mm -hmm. white, and purples. It's always very nice there. Uh, But we move on from there to, I know I'm going to get crap for this. This was my match of the night. I figured. It was not the cleanest match. It was not the best match on the card. The entrance alone, though. (laughs) It wasn't even the entrance, Mikey. The story that was told in the ring and the switch when it was turned, when Dalton finally woke up, You can see the mastery of the craft in that. You can see a wrestler who knows what his body does in space and how he can work a partner to tell that kind of story without looking like he's botching everything. Uh, It was really well put together in that respect. Also, very much enjoyed the entrance with the water that's then poured out for the boys who were the Russell twins, Andrew. Yeah, That was the Russell twins as the new boys there. Uh, and then I also enjoyed Caprice saying, where does he get the cheese from? Followed up by Rick Abana going, you know, I'm always concerned about Dalton Castle's package, which yeah. is just a fun way to get set stuff up in there as well.
2: After talking about how much he paid attention to the amount of Dalton Castle's chest hair that was there because yeah. he was not clean shaven. And you could see the stubble the stubble,
0: the stubble. Uh, I also did notice they said he was wrestling out of Rochester, New York, not the Catalina Islands. so he's devolving back to Old Dalton Castle, even his entrance uh, um, stuff from the announcer. it's 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 genius to see this because it's playing on all levels of it at once. and if you don't catch it, it doesn't take away from it.
2: So, I did enjoy this. I do have a couple counterpoints. Sure. Um, I have a new name that I know you don't like, but since he is the way he's acting, this isn't Dalton Castle. This is Distraught Castle because he is distraught in all of his acting. Now, he's so very much into his character work and he's very good at it. I was concerned for him because that first time he went over on the over the top, he smashed his face right on the ground. And it was almost like a Taka out of the Royal Rumble style. I thought he concussed himself. I was slightly disappointed in this match, honestly, because I wanted it to go longer. Your points are valid, and I agree with you. Dalton Castle, top five uh, character work in any wrestling promotion right now, um, but I just I wanted the match to go longer.
3: Yeah, I agree. That that bump he took out of the ring, like, yeah, I thought he really hurt himself, and I was happy to see him back up and moving, but you could even see the red on his face from where he hit. I think it, we're, he, we're really lucky that he is a veteran like he is, uh, I love that when he came in, and I think it was when Aaron Solo didn't shake his hand or something, and he said, that's bad manners. Um, <laughs> you know, I just love that stuff from Dalton Castle. I also like the fact that when he's with Lexi, you know, just Lexi, he's, like, oftentimes very distraught. And But I like that he's not going too far into the, when he's in his matches and stuff, not too far into the kind of, like, orange cassidy kind of doesn't care kind of attitude but instead it makes him more angry and so at first he's just kind of like whatever but then once he hits some you know at adversity he starts to get mad and that kind of plays well into it and i like that because it does give us some interesting dichotomy between how he's going and kind of where they could easily have gone with him and I still love that at the end, he still was connecting with fans, like when he kind of had his like slow walk through. he was still interacting with people and having that good connection, which I really like about Ring of Honor performers. Uh, there's a couple that came up later, too, that I was I was just really happy the way that you see them interact with the, the fans. And I think that's super important. And that's something that really makes Ring of Honor really special.
1: As far as the match itself, I don't have too much to say. I thought this was really, really fun. This was not my match of the night, and I will go as far to say as I love the in-ring storytelling, but as far as character work, this was not my character work moment of the night. That comes next. (laughs) Um, No, I... I'm in the minority when I say this. I like seeing Aaron Solo here in Ring of Honor. I think because with a bloated roster currently where he was beforehand. I think being able to work in Ring of Honor just gives him a different utilitarian purpose in the way, I guess is the best way to put it. The sense that he was presented one way and he was working one way over on Dynamite in an ADW land. But in Ring of Honor, it feels that he looks happier is the best way I can put it. I mean, he still lost the match. I would love to see Aaron. Start to build up like a win here and a win there, out to kind of balance out the losses. But he looks happy to be here, and I'm happy to see that he's not constantly thrown into what we have called the black hole that is always being put in a faction. <laughs> but yeah, Dalton Castle made me laugh. I may or may not have made a meme with him on the cart. <laughs> Always good to see on that. And that,
0: that keeps us uh, happy with what we see there and also engaged with some of our favorite wrestlers. Just like we're engaged with a certain wrestler when she does promos with Lexi Nair, Nyla Rose, my God. like This is my promo <laughs> of the night. Oh God, I, I can't even like, you. Know, th- every beat was hit correctly. The, the throwbacks and breaking the fourth wall to Lexi, like talking about where Billy is. Change in gears, mm-hmm. she has been wasted for years in AEW where she hasn't been able to do this type of stuff.
2: I didn't think the promo that started the night with Dalton Castle and the TVs was going to be beat. This blew it out of the water. This was amazing. And I want, I have a couple statements to make, and I say this with all due respect. Nyla Rose, you are incredible. Please don't come and, and harm me. Please don't, please don't beat down Lexi like that. <laughs> I thought I loved her outfit, and then you called her the Quaker Oats man. And I'm like, no, well, no. Now I can't unsee that. So this whole illusion
3: shattered thing. <laughs> She's good for your I w- heart. I was thinking more Colonel Sanders, but a little bit. No,
2: hey, get out of here. You don't talk like about Lexi like that. <laughs> She's a gem. Lexi sells feel really well, yeah. and Nyla <laughs> Rose can be absolutely terrifying when she looks right down the the camera lens.
3: I, uh, I, I loved it at some point nyla was talking about athena's actions and minions and all that kind of stuff and she called them dumb and then lexi just like on her breath that's not dumb and then lexi almost broke when nyla was just kept tapping her in the chin and she's like isn't that right lexi and it was just like so good there it's so entertaining it's so fun like really We would have the best promos in professional wrestling on Ring of Honor, even if it was just the Nyla Rose, Athena, Lexi, Billy storyline and the Dalton Castle on the TV storyline. Those those sets of promos that we get every week from those group of performers is incredible. It's it's amazing.
1: It really, really is. So strapping kids, we're about to go to class. (laughs) So this hat comes on when I talk about some writing in terms of characters, storylines, and things like that. But normally, it is to critique bad storytelling and bad character work. I'm here to give praise because this is how we do character work proper. For those of us that have been following Nyla Rose for a very long time... Her current character arc in Ring of Honor is exactly like her social media game. Like, she is this funny on the internet. There's a reason she has been voted by wrestling magazine's, like, best social media of the year for, like, two years in a row. Not only is she quippy, she's funny, and I love her smart comebacks for the haters, too. It is so good. And, of course, we have all been subjected to Nyla's stint when she was a commentator for Evil Una. <laughs> <laughs> like wrestling mystery wrestling yep mystery the wrestling. <laughs> she, she is great and what i loved about this is is that as jesse and andrew mentioned is that taking what both they said what i appreciate about nyla rose in this iteration is that there is a duality to her character in depth she could be hilarious she could be funny she almost broke lexi a couple of times The one moment I caught is as she was listening to Lexi kind of try to not tell her where Billy was. It was a really quick thing, but I picked up on it where (laughs) Nyla just turns to the camera out of the corner of her eye and just goes and then goes back into it. She just looks at the camera like, girl, what? (laughs) But then she put the fear of God in me when she started yelling and Lexi's like, I'm going to back away now. And then that's where we get the native beast version of Nyla Rose. I'm like... On one hand, I'm like, don't hurt me, Nyla. But on the other hand, I was like, yes? The question mark? <laughs> I, I'm frightened and did, slightly turned on. I don't know how to feel. Huh?
0: So we were asking, but to, we didn't want to interrupt, but we had to figure this out. Do we remember what she called the cameraman? Because that was the one last thing I couldn't write down or remember oh, what she called him. Oh,
1: she called him the John Legend. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> That's what yes, yes. it was, the John <laughs> Legend-looking cameraman. <laughs> yeah. I I had a pause because I was crying of laughter this is how we do good character work this is how you add depth the two characters and i'm just putting it out there this is what happens when you allow the wrestlers to have creative control of how they present themselves and nyla rose has never been more comfortable in my life than she is in ring of honor and now i kind of want her to stay here yes dynamite doesn't get her back anymore we're just aew doesn't get her back and i will fight tony Khan for that
0: You just want to fight Tony Khan all the time, it seems like. Every week, you find a new reason to fight him.
1: It's not that I don't like Tony Khan himself. I just don't like the way he handles his business. I'm not saying I would do any better, but I feel that there are certain things that are just, I don't know, something called common sense, but obviously not. But I can't hate him because he is a huge fan of professional wrestling, but that doesn't necessarily always translate over into good managerial skills he could probably be good morale for the wrestlers but maybe not so much of a booker we get different we should get different people for that that's yeah
0: i can definitely see that as well like it's just, it's it's a thing he's got to work with there uh we do then go on to the match we alluded to earlier in the evening which was the proving ground match with a thrown together tag team versus the right of uh, the undisputed kingdom sorry uh the righteous were later on in the evening uh this was though it, for a throwing together tag team because they were NGPW strong folks and they've also worked together Fred Rosser and you know uh, Filthy Tom Lawler were going to take this to the limit and I was actually enjoying the fact that they got down to the last couple of minutes they had I wish there had been a timer to show us that but on the in, timer. it on a timer I thought it would be amazing in my head where we get someone that gets through the proving ground and instead of stopping the match there it just turns into a tag team match and then they get destroyed and Mm -hmm. lose because they beat if you want that to be that squash part of it they do finally beat that proving ground timing thing and still lose Mm
3: -hmm. yeah I I mean I like that commentary did what they could to make them make sense as a tag team they both did great. I do feel like Tom Lawler like hurt his left knee at some point because he seemed to be he was able to move on it, but then when he would stop you would see him kind of like favoring it. You know, I talked about it last week. I talked about it at the beginning of the show about throwing these teams together. I will say at least we're getting to see these titles actually be displayed on ring of honor. Uh, even if they're not being defended, at least we're getting to see proving ground matches that are supposed to have some meaning to them. Did we bury the pure honor in someone's backyard or pure title in someone's backyard? Is it like, did it get lost in Eddie Kingston's bag of countless titles? Like, what is going on with these other titles that we don't even see anymore?
0: They're being sacrificed to BCC because Wheeler's still got it. So who knows? Yeah.
3: I thought the, the Devil's Jackets that I hadn't really seen before on uh, Undisputed Kingdom were super cool. I liked those. Uh, Matt Taven hitting the apron that first time. It sounded like a gunshot went off in the arena. It was pretty crazy. And I liked that the, uh, what I was calling them, the Filthy Misters. <laughs> that they, uh, they did a good showing. I thought, you know, they obviously have similar styles. They've worked together, so they know each other. But... If we're gonna see that, let's see them do that against another tag team. If we're gonna do these Proving Ground matches, Give it. there's plenty of other teams that could get this, win that opportunity, just like a, you know, various briefcase symbols, whatever, pick your chance when you get to fight the champion thing, and then let them go and lose if they're not gonna take the title off the champions, but make these Proving Ground matches mean something.
2: I, l- I like this match. I thought it was a very hard-hitting match. I think my favorite spot was uh, the Tom Lawler, what was it, the uh, the battering ram bulldog into the corner spot. Mm. I thought that was pretty creative. I hadn't seen that before. Um, totally lost my train of thought there. Oh, that's what it was. Andrew, I I'm making a Mikey and Andrew here. I'm making a uh, non-executive executive decision here. Andrew will be naming all of the thrown together tag teams from now on. He gave us the Mama's Boys. He gave us the uh, Filthy Misters. So that's it. Andrew gets to name them from now on. Second. Sweet. Mikey, uh, do we get a vote on this? Or is this. No, wait, never mind. You, this is not a democracy. I mean, I am proud. You're here.
1: As the, the residential tag team expert, of course. Duh. That's like a given. So, Andrew, welcome. You have a new position. You're naming all the tag teams. Between all the reviews that you, you know, do now. <laughs> Which more on that and, later.
2: <laughs> and I've got just one more thing to say because I've asked for it three weeks ago. I asked for it two weeks ago. I asked for it last week. So I'm, I'm going to speak directly here. Tony, please, don't listen to any of their lies and listen to my truth. Give us a timer for the Proving Grounds match. <laughs> Thank you.
1: I almost got lost in your eyes there. (laughs) Hopefully Tony will as well, so we don't have to fight him. (laughs) No, that's it. Listen, that was a one-night thing only. Like, S.A. Mikey ain't coming back out unless I get really upset again. (laughs) I don't know. I
3: put my money on Mikey versus Tony Khan, so. Uh,
1: Listen, I don't need to fight him. All I have to do is verbally give him a smackdown. (laughs) (laughs) Any what are like your thoughts on this match? <laughs> I, I'm i going to make a bold statement here. I feel that currently, across the whole entire universe that is Ring of Honor and AEW, specifically Ring of Honor, I like seeing the kingdom in action because it makes me forget that they are stuck in the sequel that was the MJF universe. Now it's the Adam Cole Bay universe now with everything. I disagree with Andrew a little bit. The black jackets are kind of basic bitch mentality. (laughs) But that's just me only because I am a very colorful person and there are other colors you can use to represent, you know, evil other than black. Now, had it been black, you use charcoal,
2: you can use heather, you can use ink.
1: If they had some sort of design all over the jackets, then that would be better, but it is what it is. Like, you have a graffiti, you have graffiti in your entrance. Do something graffiti like that all over. It'd be great. It's art. As far as this man, They did. It's all covered in black spray paint. (laughs) Mm, I see what you did there. You're funny. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) I lost my train of thought. I'm biased. I like Tom Lawler. Filthy Tom Lawler is one of my favorites. I'm actually happy to see him wrestle. I just need him to stop getting hurt or looking like he hurt himself. Because ever since the summer of 2023, he has just had a string of not being able to compete when he was supposed to. He didn't get to compete at Forbidden Door during the summer. It looked like he hurt himself at Final Battle. (laughs) And I'm just like, I want him to be okay. I really, really like this match. I loved that the, the Filthy Misters is what God. I can't believe we're calling them that. <laughs> I love that the Filthy it's Perfect. I love that the Filthy Misters took the Kingdom to the limit. But of course, it's the Kingdom. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett are probably one. I say that FTR is a pretty good tag team. I would put the the Kingdom as probably the top tag team uh, right now in my eyes. But that can be, I can easily go back and forth between those two. In terms of Western, because there's a lot of international tag teams that I think are far better than what we normally see on regular American television, this match was great. I thought it was good. I love seeing that the championships are being presented on Ring of Honor, but I feel that we sacrificed to get the tag titles back because now I believe somebody buried Wheeler Yuta somewhere with the pure championship. And I'm like, if you were going to put it on him, why is he not in here more often? And, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. Like, you're giving us the same problem that we had with Claudio being our Ring of Honor world champion. Eddie's no better right now, but at least he's been on Ring of Honor more than Claudio. I'm just saying, you know, Josh Woods is free. Give him the championship. Like, come on! I am done. (laughs) Oh, man. Mikey, so uh, I do have to
0: ask, though, at that point... Do we feel like even if we brought them back now, any of these titles that we think are, are missing, would they make a difference at this point because of what, the way they've been kind of shined up and put up there? Like That's the problem is that bringing them back from the brink won't help them. They, they've been already been tarnished.
1: I mean, at the beginning stages, it probably wouldn't do much of good. I think what they need to do, and if AEW and Ring of Honor were smart about it, I think that you would make your Ring of Honor champions like what I'm calling hybrid models, where if you're going to have an AEW person have a Ring of Honor title, pick somebody, pick people that, you know, are good regardless and their in-ring work is great, and that way you can split them between Ring of Honor and, you know, AEW, and it would work. Now, if I was going to get more specific, I would say if you're going to have Ring of Honor folks in AEW, I would make Ring of Honor and Collision your like tag team of shows to showcase these titles. And if you really want yeah, cause I feel that collision of the three AEW shows has a better respect for the ring of honor titles and the folks that are in ring of honor more so than rampage and dynamite. But until that happens, I think it's going to be a long process for ring of honor and Tony Khan to kind of regain our favor with certain titles. I mean, we do have the tag titles back, which is nice to see, but we sacrificed the pure title and somewhat the world championship as well in the process right. because right. we had the women's title and we had the six men to a certain extent, but the, the tag titles and the world championship were missing. Now we got some of the back, but then we had a switch. Again, like I said, I feel that if you're going to put the Ring of Honor titles on AEW, folks, make Collision the place where Ring of Honor and those champions can be showcased as
2: well.
0: Right, right. Well, and so we go along with that to our next match, which was set up earlier in the night. This didn't need a championship in this respect. And we talk about innovation in wrestling. And I mean, Jesse sent me um, some memes today about uh, Canyon, uh, you know, one of the uh, older wrestlers that probably would have fit in in this type of setup much better now than he did in his own day. Slim J's in that mold because he's doing stuff that folks will probably be using as their finisher in like three or four years, five years down the road. As he took on Ethan Page tonight, he had a couple of those ones, uh, like, you know, he had the uh, the the package back suplex, which was amazing. Uh, he did a couple of big, like, fun, like the weird bulldog thing that he did, where he went like full it out backwards mm-hmm. bulldog, which was great. It's it, it was just fun to see him because he, he is older than he he looks, and yet he's so athletic that he can pull off this amazing offense and make Ethan Page look so damn strong.
1: Like. Anytime Slim Jay pulls off the Skywalker, which has become one of my favorite moves that he Slim Jay has in his arsenal as a thing of beauty, I'm like, how do you make that look so effortless? It is so beautiful. I really enjoyed this match with Ethan Page and Slim Jay. I thought Slim Jay doesn't get a lot of credit because of the gimmick that he's working with. He is very Kevin Federline-esque. <laughs> And I say esque because I respect Slim J more than uh, Kevin Federline, but that's beside the point.
3: He has talent.
1: Yeah, ooh. I mean, it's facts of fact, America. Anyways, <laughs> I really enjoyed this match, but I think why I enjoyed this more than I did is because commentary always consistently put over both men. But then they made it abundantly clear as Ethan Page was celebrating in the ring. Oh, Ethan Page got five wins. Now he can call a shot at a title championship. I'm like, thank you for being consistent with something you said like three, four weeks ago about the five wins in a row rule here in Ring of Honor because I had totally forgotten about that until you reminded me. And I am so happy that this is a thing because there's another promotion that gets covered here where a certain championship has that option where you can vacate it to get a world title shot. And I love that this is the Ring of Honor's equivalent for it. It's like, if you can win five matches, five in a row, then you get a shot at a championship match as you're choosing. Now, I would love to see if this also applies to six-man and tag team championships. Like, if a tag team gets five wins in a row, they get a shot at a title. And then for the six-man, if if they get five in a row, do they get the chance at a six-man title? But I love that Ethan Page has been gaining the momentum since his match against Tony Nese at Final Battle. And I actually am really excited. Like we said beforehand when we were covering his promo, the clash between Kyle Fletcher and Ethan Page is going to be glorious. This match ruled. I liked it. Slim J is underrated. Did everyone also enjoy Ethan Page? walking back to get a bigger pop
0: coming out too. Like, yeah. like, I'm just going to take care of this. Perfect.
2: Honestly, that was my favorite part of this whole match. I hate to say it. I hate. I mean, no, you know what? I'm going to stand by it. I disagree. I This match didn't do it for me. I thought it was just okay. It felt very clunky and very stiff for me, which is not what I'm accustomed to with the Slim J match. Now, I know Ethan Page is bigger in size than the other people Slim J has been, you know, wrestling with over the past few months but it just didn't do it for me, and the only way I can sum this up is, yeah, we have Ethan Page wrestling 2003, and that's it. That's the match. (laughs) You
1: know what, Jesse? I see your points. They are valid. I just want you to know that.
3: Thank you. (laughs) I will also disagree, but with Jesse, uh, I also enjoyed this match, but, you know, I mean, we all obviously had our favorite parts of this. I will say, Jesse, that my match of the night involved The Righteous, so... But with this match, my favorite thing of this match, and this is not to take away from the action, was uh, this was another engagement with the audience, was Ethan Page, when he went up to the corner and he yelled down to someone in the audience, he's like, I'll sign it afterwards, right? Get that pen ready. And he interacted with them. We didn't see afterwards. I'm sure he went over and did that. But it was just a reminder that Ethan Page is a fan of professional wrestling, but he's also like he appreciates the fans and just like nyla rose on social media he does a lot of stuff he does a lot of interactions which just makes me appreciate him even if he goes heel like i can appreciate who he is as a professional wrestler uh and then in the ring uh i thought this match had a lot of action in a short amount of time uh i actually thought that slim J was a good heel against ethan page even if ethan page isn't full face slim J is just kind of a slimy weaselly kind of character i thought that worked well against ethan page and the high flyer versus the powerhouse i thought was a um a good matchup yeah i thought this was a really fun match i really enjoyed it uh i think the way that we're gonna see ethan page pick up that victory against kyle fletcher is if aew is deciding to do something bigger with kyle fletcher
0: right exactly yeah. Speaking of doing something big with someone else, though, because we got to the next match, which was uh, Billy Starks versus Kate. I was surprised that we didn't have Nyla Rose interference on this. uh, Same. But this was kind of fun for her to do. I love the commentary called out that Billy Starks was pushing Rick Knox around and getting him out of the way, or whatever the referee's name was, basically, because he was in the way for her entrance. She was sort of going heel in certain ways, and she definitely uh, had uh, the electric chair package drop was crazy, but also scary. And then she also, she really sold that elbow off the tope that stopped her from going on it. That was like, ow. I couldn't think my neck would not turn that way, but still.
2: You stop copying my notes.
0: I drew my best. This
2: is exactly what I had. I love the, the cradle or package electric chair driver, whatever you want to call it. My concern around that is, is that going to be her new finish? And is that predicated upon the fact that Serena Deeb is back? And I know, Andrew, you had mentioned that earlier in the week with us, because I hope that's not the case, but like a crystal coffin remains to be seen.
3: Yeah, no, I I love that. It's kind of like an uh, electric chair uh, inverted power bomb almost. And I like the fact that Billy is strong enough to so far pull it off against a couple of our opponents. I really enjoy Billy's switching, which is kind of funny because I think that works really well against Nyla because Nyla does the same thing, but it's very different. Like Nyla Rose has this she's laughing and that almost makes you more scared of her and with billy stark she kind of switches from kind of uh what i think of as like the happy anime girl into like the mean beater like she just she just flips in and out of that so quickly and so easily uh i think it really fits for where she came from from athena i thought the match was long enough for them to be able to show some interesting things Give some adversity, and for Billy to pick up another good win. But I agree with you, uh, JVL. That I I was expecting that Nyla was going to come out at some point, uh, even if she just like popped up on the screen or something.
0: Wasn't there for it. Wasn't there at all, and that's very sad.
1: I'm gonna keep the short. Billy wins, yay! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that's what we needed.
1: Okay. I mean, yeah, Billy wins here. I'm more, antis- I'm anticipating for what comes next week because you know Nyla gave Lexi the ultimatum (laughs) so that comes next week and I'm super excited especially we're gonna be in Athena's hometown so
0: also poor Lexi having to both babysit Dalton Castle and also deal with this on the other side and she's just got a lot going on so we gotta let her be
2: she should be getting two paychecks as well
0: exactly Lexi and Lexi speaking of of backstage interviews and stuff like that this one didn't need to be on tonight
1: no because we still don't have the
0: brackets. This was awkward and awkward for the sake of who we're setting up a heel turn, but doesn't need to be. And I find it funny because I know Rachel Ell- Ellering can be a good heel. I don't think Layla Hirsch can be a good babyface, and she's <laughs> having trouble being one. And I think that that's the problem here with this entire thing. Uh,
2: that's a big problem. The first thing I wrote down with a bunch of exclamation points was brackets. This is the first time we're hearing about it. We like brackets better than eight people tag matches, but. It's been long enough. Let's get them. Let's see them. Like we want to see what they are. And I mean, I thought I said that the uh, the Slim J and and All Ego Ethan Page match was stiff and clunky. You want to talk about stiff? This was just. I did not enjoy watching this promo.
3: Enough said about all of that. I just like the Nyla Rose appearing in this. This got me hoping that we might actually see the brackets by the end of the night. Uh, yeah, all right. let's, let's see this so we can start getting hyped about it. I think we're all excited, but we want to see what those matches up. We're going to see how that tournament's laid out.
1: Oh, Layla, I love you so much, Layla, but... And I try not to, you know, typecast people, but Layla works better as a heel for me and Rachel as a face. I mean, I know Rachel has the propensity to be a heel, but poor little Layla is not a believable face to me. And her trying to be a face, and this is going to give me so much hate for what I'm about to say, but with Layla talking and the way that she was presenting herself, I was waiting for her to be like, yo, Adrian. I was like, what is this? Like, what is happening? Like, it was so wooden and so, like, cardboard in the delivery. I thought I was watching another installment of the Rocky movies. I was just like, bro, what is happening right now? Doing the rest of these. No, I'm not. I'm not. Basically, for me, it was we are friends.
0: Yes, yes, we are friends. We will not turn on each other. No, we will not turn on exactly. each other. I hate you. I love and hate you. I hate you more.
2: You, you mentioned you made two rocket references, so rest in peace, Carl Weathers, of course. Yeah, yeah of course. For so. sure.
0: Dylan, you son of a bitch. Yeah, this this should have been left off the card. Yep. Uh, it should not have been on there until we had a bracket. Put it on next week. Deal with that. Because we move into a wonderful match next. Yes. One that I'm just going to set up with who's in it and send it over to someone who got to speak to someone in this match all by himself. It was the infantry versus
2: the righteous. Uh, I was so happy to see The Righteous back on my screen. I know we talked about it a few weeks ago. I still want another promo from them. I'd like to see how they've grown in that department, but I was so happy they were back. This was a good match. They were given time. It wasn't a squash. The Infantry, who to me is a fantastic tag team, and I really like them as well, was a great matchup for them. Uh, There was just small details that I really enjoyed. First off, the Code of Honor spot with Carly Bravo and Dutch just made me laugh so much. (laughs) It was just... That goofy wrestling that we really enjoy and yeah. kind of want to have thrive here. There was attention to, like, small details that, to me, shows that they're perfecting their craft and, and getting better and trying to engage not only the crowd, but whoever's picking up on the mics because the mats are mic'd up. Dutch has got one of them in, in a bear hug, and you can hear Vincent yelling in the corner, squeeze, break him, squeeze. And those, like those kind of things, to me, are important, and they resonate, like, They've got such passion for it, and they want this to keep going. They want to get their message across and get other people to believe them as well, which is amazing. This was this fantastic match for me. It was my match of the night. It showed the righteous having the ability to control the pace of the match, which is important because first, first five minutes of the match, beginning of the match, they were getting beat because the infantry were moving so fast. But then they had that one moment, and they were able to shift it, control the pace, and that pretty much sold the rest of the match for them. Um, I actually did reach out to Vincent because his flying headbutt off of the middle rope, he hit flush. Like, he whacked his face real hard. So I sent him a message like, hey, great match. I saw that. Are you okay? And he, sent, he responded and sent a message like, yeah, that hurt, but I'm good.
0: I'm surprised he could still type. Uh, but that wasn't the only person you got in touch with this week either, is it?
2: Someone else came up for air. Someone did come up for air, but let's. I I would like to hear Mikey and Andrew's reactions on this match first. We'll do that after that.
3: First off, I really digged the infantry's perfect.
2: You dig what he's saying? He's at the thing, he's at the thing.
3: The infantry's white, black, and white gear to go up against the righteous wearing, you know, all white. Uh, I liked that. Uh, I loved that Dutch wasn't sure what to make out of Carly Bravo at the handshake. He was just like, what are, I don't know. What are you doing? I thought this was a great tag team match. This is, this is what happens when we have people who are tag team wrestlers in tag teams wrestling each other. This is the type of win. These are the wins that the Righteous need to have from now on. They need to be beating the other tag teams in Ring of Honor because they should be the ones that dethrone the undisputed empire, yeah, empire two, or era, sorry. Too many UE things, UK things, to win the Ring of Honor tag team titles and hold them on Ring of Honor. This was great. The infantry looked good in, even in losing, because they looked like a really strong tag team just against a stronger tag team. Uh, I loved it. I loved Carly Bravo's little snaps before he got his little uh, Carly crossover in there. Uh, I loved that they were playing to that. Um, Like you said, Jesse, there was great storytelling from everyone involved, and it was phenomenal tag team wrestling, and that that always makes me happy. This was my match of the night.
1: Ooh, interesting. I really enjoyed this match. The infantry, I wasn't too sure of how to, you know, what to make of them when I first saw them, but then... The longer they we watch them over on Ring of Honor, I become a big fan of theirs. And then to learn about their story as well as Trish's story, in terms of like where all three of them come from, and you know why they are called the Infantry and whatnot, just makes me love them any even more. I love when you as a tag team are able to kind of blend your comedic style of wrestling, but also know how to flip the switch and become a serious contender in the tag team division which I think the infantry do very well. And honestly, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the Righteous have done a very good job, and they have been winning, and they have been putting on really good matches. And Vince and Dutch have literally reconstructed themselves after the embarrassment that they suffered at the hands of the two-on-one handicap match. Listen, I was so afraid of what was going to happen to The Righteous after that match, but honestly, their, consistently quali- their consistency and their quality of work continues to get better and better every time they're on Ring of Honor. And, uh, yeah. So, Seven in a row. Yep, and they, yeah, I'm just happy that they didn't lose heart and they didn't get buried, <laughs> which tends to happen when you are a part of the MJF Cinematic Universe
0: which they are no longer a part of now. They have the railroad tie. They've got everything back running for them, and they're fighting against actual tag teams. They are on the right path, and looks like ROH is on the right path.
2: They are on the right path. Just
0: like someone you spoke to this week.
2: I did finally get a response. Charlotte is okay. I reached out to them because we haven't seen her in probably about four or five weeks now. Robin's getting a push, which is awesome, but I got a little concerned. Is she injured? She did finally reach back out to me and said, "Hey, I'm okay. Thanks for checking in." And she appreciated that we were concerned about her. Ah, oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I got like, extra no? worried when uh, Robin showed up on another show, and I was like, "Okay, now it's now it's extra weird that we don't talk not- about that." Well, she lost, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. of course she did. Yeah, I forgot who she fight. Doesn't matter, she's going to lose. Well, it
1: depends on who she fought, because then I may make a case. I mean, if play. it's
3: on AEW, but. It I was don't. on AEW, anyway.
0: it doesn't, yeah. It doesn't, Either way. It doesn't we, matter.
1: Speaking of someone who's been on both AEW
0: and ROH for a little nice. bit here, uh, Red Velvet had a promo talking about how she was going to be one of the ones to get into this bracket by going yes. through this match, and she's playing up the babyface stuff, and this is where I came out of, like, she was literally just a heel on Dynamite now last she's night. She's babyface. And now she's a baby face in ROH. And so it's throwing me off because I watch both shows, but I feel like if you're not doing that, it's going to make a lot of sense. I can tell like, you. Her promo was better though, so.
1: The promo was so good. I loved it. And I could tell that this is a face run because you want well to know why? It's not a stereotype, but this is what I noticed. And just, I've heard Red Velvet say this in interviews, you know, on the independent scene, in order to give herself a distinction between Red Velvet the heel and Red Velvet the face. She's wearing her little Afro puffs. So I was like, okay. And it's, For some reason, it's a common consistency because you know Naomi slash Trinity has said the same thing anytime she's in Afro puffs or Afro braids is like that she's the face. I gotta give it up to Red Velvet. Since returning from injury, I was just like, oh, you have skyrocketed up to my one of my favorite women's wrestlers right now, outside of Athena and Billy and Ring of Honor right now. I love that she kept the whole "give it coming from your mama's kitchen" (laughs) like it still gets me every time, and. I don't know, man. I feel that she's out to she's out here wrestling and giving promos like she has nothing left to lose. There's such a different fire underneath her, and I'm kind of happy to see her since the breakup of the baddies, which she was a part of, and having her go out on her own coming back from injury, I think has done wonders, and I'm super excited to see where this leads. And I'm gonna be honest, if she continues to win me over every single week, I may have a triple threat of who I'd want to win this television title once we get those brackets. I'm just putting it out there. I I love me some red velvet. There's a reason it's my favorite type of cake out there.
3: Because of her. No, I I think this is great. I think this is another example of someone who was getting lost in the mix in other places. Come over Uh, to uh, Ring.
0: Nice, nice. (laughs) Nice.
3: came over to other places uh, came over to ring of honor and is finding a place to excel and and is bringing quality it's like what they're able to do here is not taking away from anybody else on the roster it's building the whole roster up and i would i feel like in a year ring of honor staples are going to be the world title by which that i mean what they call the women's world title the television title, the both the men and the women's, and the tag team title, because I think it will be The Righteous that will hold those titles. I think those will be our four main divisions in Ring of Honor, and Red Velvet is a great addition to it.
0: Well, it was a great promo to get us set up for another match that, while entertaining, may not have needed to be on the show tonight. Uh, it was kind of a filler match to get in between. Uh, uh, so we had Queen Amanada taking on uh, Raza Ry- uh, Clark, uh, who... Did give her her run for money and power wise, uh, but uh, Queen Aminata got to show off a little bit of the, of the smarts and the clever wrestling that she does. But in general, this was it went longer than I wanted it to in certain ways. It was going to be a squash, and it just kind of bloated the card a bit for me. I, nothing against the wrestlers involved; it just
2: didn't need to be there. I've I've got nothing to add. It was what it was.
3: I I thought it was a I thought it was a good match. I agree. I think. For Ring of Honor weekly shows, I think eight to ten matches is about as much as they need to have. That being said, I think if it wasn't on this, I would like to see it somewhere else because right. just like getting to see Red Velvet, I think what we've gotten to see from Queen Aminata has been really helpful in bringing her in and introducing her. She's another one. I want her to be a mainstay in Ring of Honor. I love that we're now getting two women's titles, so we actually have ways to have multiple women's storylines. And there's a lot of really great women performers in Ring of Honor. Queen Aminata got a chance to show off a little bit in this. I like that we got to see someone who was bigger and stronger than her, so it brought some of that quality to it, Um, and she's another one I'm excited for for this tournament.
1: 100%. I love how much the fan base loves Queen now, you know, in her short from the time she debuted, what, like a month and a half ago to where we are now. Like, she the rocket has been strapped to her, and she has kind of gotten over with the fans so well. I agree. I still would have liked to see this match, maybe not necessarily on this particular card of all the matches we got. And I know we try to keep it to Ring of Honor, but I feel that Queen is the type of wrestler that is able to work with anyone and if you're going to go out of the way to, I mean, because Queen technically is in Ring of Honor. If you want to go see, like, probably my favorite match that she's had so far since being in this multiverse of wrestling companies. Her match against Chris Statlander was probably the best match that Queen has had so far. And I got to be honest, this is probably one of my favorite Chris matches, too. Like, you want to talk about power? Woo, baby. Holy crap. Those girls tore the house down. I want a triple threat between those two and Willow. Put, I'm putting it out there in the universe. I'm not. And Athena, make it a make it a fatal four-way. Someone's gonna be bloodied by the end of this.
3: Battle royal, just all of yes. them. <laughs> but better. better. <laughs> Last woman standing. With a timer. Twenty different women. An this iron one, woman with man. a timer.
0: With a timer.
3: Yeah. With a timer.
0: Well, we we. Went from that wonderful match, uh, and and like we had talked about, it it was definitely a good palate cleanser in certain ways as well. To uh, a match that, you know, I didn't think was going to be as good as it was for what it was. It wasn't the best overall, but Gringo Loco versus Bad Dude Tito from uh, you know TMDK. These two just kicked the crap out of each other, basically, and ruined each other's nights. And it was wonderful.
3: Commentary. Andrew, you go ahead. Caprice compared bad dude Tito to Adam bomb. And that was all I could see for the rest of the night. I was just watching the, the singlet he had on the way he looks. I was like, yep. Yeah. He's Adam bomb. That's exactly what I was.
2: That's the point I was going to make is every time we see bad dude Tito, it's wild man, Mark Adam bomb.
3: (laughs) I, I, the intensity that these guys had, I mean, Tito almost cleared gringo loco when he did the suicide dive. Uh, they just went at it. Uh, I would not be mad if we get to see more Bad Dude Tito and more TMDK in Ring of Honor. I think they would fit there, and every time we see them, they're just so entertaining. I,
2: I thought this was a great match. That Spanish fly was amazing. I don't even understand how Bad, Tito, Bad Dude Tito was able to get the full rotation on that. Every time I see him and like how he can move out freakishly, Strong and fast and agile and quick is, I want to see him versus Brian Cage. Yes. I think that would be a great match to see. But my my one point about this match is, when's the last time Gringo Loco got a win? He's usually playing the heel in most of the Luchador matches, too, and he ends up taking the pin a lot, too.
0: You're right. He hasn't gotten a win in a very long time.
3: Well, and even It'll the matches. Gringo Renegade. Well, and really the matches that he hasn't lost, like he wasn't the one taking the pin. It was multi people matches. So he wasn't winning those matches or his team was losing. So yeah, he he hasn't had the best record.
0: Is he Serpentico?
3: Serpentico Trace.
1: I mean, to be fair (laughs) to be fair. He yeah, in Ring of Honor he Ringo Loco doesn't tend to win a lot. Now in G C W that was a different story. So, you guys, this was my match of the night. (laughs) I am a, and Andrew knows this very well, I am a huge TMDK fan, only because you have the best technical wrestler of this generation. One of the Biconics boys that's not on this review, I'm saying this generation, because we ain't trying to fight. I think you have Zack Sabre Jr. as your leader. You can never go wrong with that. And I've always wanted to see more of Bad Dude Tito on his own because I've known he can put on really stellar matches. One of my favorites happens to be when he went up against Jeff Cobb. You want to talk about smaller, more in terms of height-wise, big man going at it? That match was baller. And... Excuse my French, but I like this match because they beat the bricks off each other. They both came, both Gringo Loco <laughs> and Bad Dude Tito came in like the other of oh, them lunch money in some capacity, and they just beat the bricks off each other. And, you know, I was just like, I want to see more of Bad Dude Tito. I love the presentation. I love the representation that we're getting with Bad Dude Tito, too, as well I was just like my peoples. <laughs> And the last thing I will say is I want to see more of Bad Dude Tito. I want to see more of TMDK because, uh, you know, Bad Dude Tito is what Wardlow thinks he wants to be. Just putting it out there. <laughs> I, I just have tonight. a clarification
2: question, Mikey. Did you want to see more of Bad Dude Tito? Oh, yes, I totally do. I thought... I, okay. g- I guess I, just I didn't say sure I got that.
1: that right. I'm sorry. I should have made that clear. But I, I agree with you also that he is what
0: Wardlow wishes he was. But we moved on from that wonderful match to... We got two <laughs> Dalton Castle promos in the night. <laughs> Dalton Castle standing in a mop bucket and Lexi calling out, I'm not your babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> get out of the mop bucket. Like this, this whole thing. And then she just, she goes through everything she can to get any detail on who Dalton's friend is. Obviously I wrote down Carlton Fort. Obviously it's Dalton Castle's evil twin. Uh, but we're, I mean, we're all assuming it's going to be a Dalton Castle in a, in like a mustache or something, right? Like it doesn't so- go
3: to this school. Yes. He doesn't even go here. <laughs> you don't know him. He doesn't go to this school.
0: <laughs> Does he have a name? He's 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 yeah. He's he's a wrestler type of thing. It was evasive, but not in the best way. And then he just he falls into the the uh, the, the laundry thing and just I'm done. And waves and, at her with his foot. No <laughs>
3: shoes, one sock. sock. Just... One sock. Gold.
0: You want Gold. goofy wrestling at its best and where they play it as straight. Yes. This is what you get, and it is amazing. It helped lift my spirits
1: this evening.
2: So good. This. I think I'm going to go and see if I can find a laundry cart online so I can stick it in my office and work and just fall in it when I'm done. I'll be like, I'm done. <laughs> Bye,
3: Lexi. Yeah, uh, Lexi Nair better win some award, like, at the end of the year for backstage personality or something like she's they're printing money off of her and it's she every week the people she's working with so good so good
1: again lexi is so good at what she does but yeah i lost it at the light i'm not your babysitter (laughs) get out of the mop bucket i just want like a mini series on youtube with just the misadventures of Dalton Castle. Yes. <laughs> just chrono- chrono- chronically how. I, don't I would it. buy that. Honestly, I would watch it. I would watch it, that miniseries so much. Would, would it be more along
0: the lines of like one of the WWE produced um, th- uh, documentaries from the 90s? The Self Destruction of Dalton Castle? Yes.
3: <laughs> the Slow Fall of Dalton Castle.
0: Dalton, screw Dalton. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We could come to that, though. But we got from there. We went over there. We know, obviously, it's going to be Dalton Castle and a mustache, something else, which we move on to the first of two four-way Survival of the finish matches. Uh, This one with Trishador, Red Velvet, Kira Hogan, and Diamante. The lovers are fighting. Kira Hogan and Diamante having a little tip. And I did wonder to myself, have they practiced these moves
1: at home a bit? Because they were a bit cleaner than everyone else's. The short answer to this is yes, in more ways than one. But anyways... (laughs) I okay, so we got two we got two four corner survival matches back to back. This was probably the, my favorite of the two that we got. I think both of them ended up. I enjoyed what I saw in both of them, but yeah, Kiera and Diamante, I was just like, yeah, you could tell that they practice <laughs> you could tell I was kind of surprised to see how. I was kind of surprised to see Trish not do Trish things, I guess is the best way to put it. I don't know. Something for me kind of fell off with Trish. And I mean, granted, you have four women in the ring all at once, so everyone's got to get their stuff in, but yeah, it felt really weird, and I feel like Trish was just missing from a couple spots here, and I was like, this is kind of weird, because we know Tr- Trish is really good in the ring, and I mean, I we know she can go in the ring, but it's just This just wasn't her night, and you know what? Everyone has an off night. I wonder if she's still feeling the effects of getting the bricks beat off by Julia, because Lord have mercy, that match is brutal.
3: I feel like Jesse's got some feelings about this match.
1: This is a safe space. Express your feelings, and we'll tell you why you're wrong.
2: (laughs) This is not a safe space, clearly. We were on the precipice of greatness here. Uh, They had such a strong start. Everyone got some moves in. Everybody looked strong. And then all of a sudden it was like, yep, yep, it's been four minutes. Wrap it up. Give them time. You didn't need that four-person one at the end. Yeah, I was happy about Jack Cartwheel. But let the women work. This could have been so good. Instead, it just turned into another mediocre multi-person match that this promotion started to become known for.
0: Caprice and Ian did jinx it early on because they said in the first two minutes, this is great. You don't see this a lot in four-person matches, but everyone's still in there. It's not two-on-two. It's not people rolling out of the ring. Everyone's still in there getting their licks in. This is the
3: second part where I wrote, Caprice, don't lie to me. (laughs) Uh, See, I will counter that because I I actually liked how uh, it was especially Kiara Hogan, but some of the others seemed to pick up on this too she played really well to the this is a four person match so she would hit one hit the other hit the other and she did it a couple times and then others did that as well and so it felt high paced and high action it was shorter than i would like it to be but at the same time the way that the ending came with red velvet taking advantage hitting uh what is it uh, in the mix in the mix yeah yeah To finish it and really take advantage of it, I thought what we got to see was uh, how each of them kind of worked with the stipulation that they were in. Um, I do agree, though, they talk so much about how these multi-women matches are to give them an idea of what the brackets are going to be like for the TV title. That means that these matches should hold some more weight. For me, that means this should have been the main, and then maybe if they made that the main, they could have given them more time. Make the men's match a little shorter. But that being said, I did like what we did get to see from them. And I'm hoping that just like we're, it looks like they're paring them down as we get closer and closer. So maybe we'll get, you know, a triple threat next week or something. I don't know. But that seems to be the route that they're going but I did like to get to see what we saw from the four people that were in this match uh, and see a bit of their ring psychology, but yeah, they could have definitely gave them more time to go into depth in that kind of stuff.
0: Well, we moved on from there, as we talked about, to our other four corner survival match, which was four different gentlemen. Uh, obviously the, the mentioned Jack Cartwheel, uh, Blake Christian, Lee Johnson and Alex Zane, who I haven't seen in quite a long time in really? ROH, which was kind of cool to see. <laughs> well, well-worked match in a certain ways. There was a little bit of botchiness there. Very happy to see Jack Hartwell working. Very surprised by the end. That's all I'll say about that. I'll let it to you. I, thought I was very surprised.
2: Me? Can I? Can I go yes. please? Yes, I have some okay. thoughts too. Thank you go you. first. Yeah. Go ahead. Why was this your main event? First question. I would love an answer to that if anybody has one, even if you're not part of this team. Somebody give me an answer. You can make one up and I'll be happy about it, okay? Um, Blake Christensen using, uh, what was it? use? Lee as a weapon, throwing him as he was doing a clothesline. That was a cool spot. Alex Zane's front flip sidewalk slam was a cool spot. Yes. Why Lee Johnson? Why? What are we doing? He's not over. The people are not behind him. They're not doing anything with him story-wise. This is his second main event that he's been in, the second that he's won. But why? There's no reasoning behind this. I don't get it. And I'm not going to say the really mean thing that I said during the past two weeks, but you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what we're doing with this.
0: With his losses in between those two main events. Yes. He's lost a bunch in between.
3: Well, and to to add on to that, Jack Cartwheel is so over... Like, why is he not winning this? Like, I feel like he's so obviously over in this match. Every time he went to do something, like, the fans were all about it. Like, it felt like, oh, I just called an audible and let him win the match. Because he he is the one that the fans are cheering for. I agree it should have been the proving ground match. Or it should have been the Fatal 4-Way that was before this one. That should have been the main event. Because those matches carry weight. And that's what your main event should be. I'll give it a week, maybe two weeks, for us to see Blake Christian and Willie Mac tag again together. They brought it up when he came down. They beat an established tag team in the Outrunners last week, and if we don't see anything about that, that's going to irritate me to no end.
0: Would you want him and Willie Mack to take on Fred Rosser and Filthy Tom Lawler as the like the thrown together tag teams
3: to see who's going to get a title like, those shot? Are the
2: Dirty Misters, thank you.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Filthy Misters. Filthy misters, yes. Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, and what was it? It was the, oh my goodness, I totally forgot the name. Oh, uh, the Hardimac.
0: Yeah, the Hardimac. Hardimac, yeah. yep.
3: So, yeah, no, the flipping sidewalk slam face buster thing, I had to stop and go back and watch that a few times because that was insane. But, I I mean, it was a fun match for what it was. I really enjoyed the action. I do not understand why Lee Johnson won it should have been Jack Cartwheel or Blake Christian that won because at least it carries on with what's happened. And uh, put Zane back with Archer so they can become their tag team again because apparently yeah. all that stuff we did with Lance Archer and The Righteous was for nothing. So, yep. you know, don't try to put him back in there.
2: Cut this match off. Give your women the time. Yeah. There's your ending. The way it's set right now for me, and I'm casting judgment right now on this particular episode, the women's four-way did not deliver as it should have. This match, the men's four-way, made no sense. Have Dalton Castle's foot waving Lexi goodbye be the ending of the show, and I'd have been happy.
3: Like I said, ten, the eight to ten matches is what they should have every week, and we got twelve. We had two too many. We could have got, you know, more more quality of promos that they we know that they can do. Or we could have given more time to the matches that could have used it. Or I don't know. Your show could be a little bit shorter, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was a few too many things trying to thrown in there. But at least it wasn't fifteen of them this week.
2: Very true,
0: Mikey. You, you take us home on this one because I know you have thoughts on this as well.
2: It's Mikey's match of the night.
1: Well, it, it wouldn't be because I already said what mine was. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Okay. So, let me start with the positives. (laughs) So, I feel very lucky because I have seen more of Alex Zane's work, especially because he did a stint in a little indie promotion, as some of the other Biconics boys calls it, and I thought he fit in really, really well. And so did Blake Christian. They're they're all over the place. This is where it gets tough. I don't agree that Lee Johnson should have one but in this weird universe i understand why he did here we are
2: can you give me the answer that i asked for
3: then yeah. okay yes expand on that
2: please
1: as the boss, i'm not going to no, just <laughs> no i will this is not going to make a whole lot of sense
2: psychological damage and i can hold you liable for workers comp claims you're fired no just <laughs> yes all right have a good night boys <laughs> No!
1: <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with it, but in my little brain of mine, Lee Johnson winning, I feel, and this is the saddest thing, I think because Lee has been on this multiverse roster for a while and we really haven't done anything, I'm going to be completely honest, and this is really sad to say because, you know... I know more of Lee Johnson's work in the independence than I do here because he pre- he's presented better on the independence scene than he is on this roster, unfortunately. I feel this was just to give him, you know, be like, hey, you're a reliable hand. Here's a win for you. That's the only reason he won this match is because this is the pity win and the sense. Be like, you're very reliable. You don't complain. You're hardworking. Here's a win that means absolutely nothing. If I'm going to be completely honest, and this is just a wild speculation and just a wild theory out there, I don't know how it would work, but honestly, I would love for him. I just wanted, I want him to interact more with Lee Moriarty because I feel that Lee Moriarty is the more interesting Lee between the two of them, unfortunately.
3: I think The two Lees.
1: The two Lees. I think Johnson's in-ring ability is fantastic when he's able to wrestle, But he is a charisma vacuum. He doesn't do promos. And when he does, they're not necessarily great. Moriarty is really good with both. He has good in-ring talent. And his promo skills, when he's allowed to be himself, can do wonders. This is the only reason why Lee won is because it's a, hey, good job, kid. Here's a win that, you know, you've been losing so much in your reliable hand. I don't agree with it. But I think you need to do something to inject some sort of excitement into Lee Johnson. I thought we were getting something when he was feuding with Moriarty, but then they cut that thing really quick. And actually, I would kind of like it if Shane Taylor Promotions picked him up and put him underneath their wings and then showed him their ways and then slowly start to corrupt Lee Johnson and give him a bit of an edge. Because I think that three-man you know, team of Shane Taylor, Lee Moriarty, and Lee Johnson would actually be very fantastic to watch. And it would inject something that Lee Johnson definitely needs. I totally understand with all of us, with the consensus that we should have given this win to Jack Cartwheel because he's the most exciting thing. What I'm ho- But what I'm thinking in terms of long term is that we love Jack Cartwheel with a burning passion because he's the shiny new toy that is in Ring of Honor. What I'm hoping is, is, is that we know the athleticism is there, but I need to see Jack cut promos. I need to see him interact with character work because the athleticism is there. But we haven't seen any other facet of it, and I need to be able to see the other two things in terms of promo work and just what direction he wants to go with his character in order for me to be like, okay, he's got all three. Now we can legitimately say he needs to pick up a win here. But all we're getting right now is just the athleticism. And his in-ring charisma is great, but does that translate to character on-camera work is the question. And I think he has it, but I need Ring of Honor to give me that opportunity to see that. So while I would love Jack Hartwheel to pick up a win here... I think if they give us too much too quick, he's going to get discarded and lost in the shuffle. If it turns out he can't carry his own on camera with a microphone in hand as well.
0: That's just me. We'll we'll have to see as we go into the future with that, whether Jack ends up coming around, but we've come to the end of our bro. But before we shake hands and observe the COVID honor again, because we again forgot at the beginning, because I forgot this week. What were your empanada scale? For this and we have talked at length about what could have gone where what could have been there we just need to know overall what was this team
2: seven and a quarter would have been less if the righteous hadn't been on my screen <laughs> hmm. well,
3: i uh i gave this 8.3 it was shorter than last week heading back in the right direction uh there were only two squashes that was really good Uh, Could have been a shorter show, but what we got was some really good stuff. So I I enjoyed it for the most part.
1: Great. I give this an 8 out of 10 empanadas. I thought for the majority of it, the in-ring work was great. Had some really fun backstage promos as well. Just some minor things that need to be tweaked and improved as they've already been covered through this review. But 8 out of 10. I honestly enjoyed it. And an hour and 45 minutes was so nice compared to the almost two-and-a-half-hour show we had to deal with last week. I I do apologize for not being here for that. I did watch it. I just didn't have to review it. But I gave
0: it a a 7.5 out of 10 empanadas because had they restructured the night the better way, it would have been an 8. But we had to have it that way where it was. Gentlemen, hands in. Observe the Code of Honor if you'd like. Uh, Andrew, feel free to kick our hands away. It's okay. Uh, And... uh, We've appreciated to go through Ring of Honor. We really do enjoy being able to watch this. We're one of the few people that go through and, and go through Ring of Honor every week with you. We're happy you join us on that on journey. And, of course, as per usual, for Jesse, for Mikey, for Andrew, and for myself, thank you for being here. And remember that you are Biconic. We're all Biconic here at the Biconic Wrestling Channel. And we'll see you in the next video. And we'll keep talking. The cat is trying to climb up on Jesse again, which is so- wonderful. So, like, are you trying to do
2: the Billy Starks thing?
3: That's oh, my thing this, for Ring yeah. of Honor. I'm doing that. Got it. I was so, like, yeah. Did you? So we gave them collectively. We gave it a 7.7 7 is our collective score for this. Mm-hmm. 7.8 7. if you round it up. Because it was 7.76. <laughs> 7. But
0: How do I, like, digitize that for someone? Like, an eighth or, like, you know, like, eight out of ten parts of an empanada? Yeah.
3: But also, uh, I've been doing this uh, for the last few shows and no one has noticed so far when we do the Code of Honor.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So if like one of you put your hand out to do the Code of Honor.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, no.
3: Do you notice the difference? The
2: ah, you, put the same, put,
0: you put the same hand out. You put the same hand out?
3: No, I put my left hand out. Because I noticed in Ring of Honor only the heels put their left hand out because usually <laughs> most people are right-handed they put the left hand out so then they can hit with the right hand so it was just a fun thing
1: interesting oh okay now I gotta now I'm gonna keep my eye on that honestly that's so good
0: (laughs) you pick up on the best stuff Andrew you really are like watching with hawk's eyes and pick up those small things I appreciate you so much for that
3: it's the theater background it's the
0: the stage manager because I'm a theater person and I can usually pick up on a lot of stuff you're you're observing because you always have to
3: what what is happening over there it's too bad my your cat, cat hates me. him so much.
0: Uh, exactly. No, my cat has become his parrot, basically. Yeah. No,
3: this cat is my cat when I'm here. <laughs> you just need to do the show like that.
2: Uh, your neck that might be a little distracting. It might. And I don't want to take any of the glory away from, from the three of you. Very fair. i have fair. to blur
0: her face because we don't want her face out there on the internet. Oh, oh, no problem.